This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi again, everybody. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're so pleased to return to you after our NBA All-Star break hiatus. And we jump full go into it on this Wednesday here from the Osher Sports Performance Center and Studio B. I'm Sean Kelly. We start again on a Wednesday, which means we get to start with David Wesley today, analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans. We'll be talking to David today about the resumption of the NBA season and where the Pelicans stand is really the postseason kind of begins Friday for the Pelicans. And I say that only because the Western Conference standings are all jammed up. Everybody's even basically 5 through 10, and the Pelicans are in the thick of it with 25 games to go. It's going to be very exciting, and certainly we get a little uh, boost off the All-Star weekend after Anthony Davis is showing over the weekend in Los Angeles. And so an excited David Wesley joins us today to kind of help us set the table here as we resume play on Friday. Looking forward to that. There are reports, by the way, that the Pelicans might be adding some depth at the guard position. We'll know a little bit more perhaps later today and into tomorrow. The Pelicans are back to the practice floor later today at 5 o'clock, and then we'll have a day to uh, to get set up for Miami on uh, Friday with a practice tomorrow, Thursday, here at the Osher Sports Performance Center. So we'll keep an eye on that, and uh, and we've got to also talk about the fact that the rescheduled game against the Indiana Pacers now has been locked in during a homestand later in March that's going to make for a very sticky schedule for the Pelicans. Sticky as in uh, stick close because the Pelicans will be playing just about every day and a lot of it at home uh, during that crucial stretch. So we'll talk to David about that as well. Uh, as we conclude the All-Star break and we move toward free agency in the NFL, the Combine also right around the corner. The New Orleans Saints uh, and the Osher Sports Performance Center uh, facility here is hosting the uh, Women's World Football Games this week, and it returns here after being played at this facility in 2016. It was a huge success, and uh, it resumes here this weekend. Our own Carolyn Gonzalez will uh, be with Elizabeth Faust. She's the manager of USA Football uh, to get you up to speed on the event and where USA Football stands for the ladies here going into this week so it'll be very busy around our facility and we're excited to have them back here after that great run uh, in 2016 so that's also part of our day today and then of course we'll be setting you up at the end for an Alvin Gentry show this week and a Friday Black and Blue report as well so back at it today let's get started with David Wesley here after this first time out in 1907 Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more, and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. 
Guess what day it is? Hump day? Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to Black and Blue Report. We are jumping right back in here on this Wednesday. The All-Star break closes up shop, and we get back to work here in the coming days. And then David Wesley has to help us set the scene, and uh, he's back with us on this Wednesday. David, great to have you back. I hope you had a restful and uh, enjoyable All-Star break. I, I have had a, a pretty good one. I, I've done a whole lot of nothing. Played some golf, which is always good, and and pretty much, you know, did stuff around the house. You know, just kind of caught up, reset, and uh, ready to rock and roll for this last little home stretch of the season. Did you watch any of the All-Star Game festivities, David? Um, unfortunately, no. I I tend to um, not. Um, last year or every now and then I'll catch a dunk contest or a three-point shooting contest, but I have watched absolutely zero TV over the weekend. That's amazing. Well, bless you for missing Fergie's national anthem. I I have heard it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was wondering what was going on. I was sitting in my bedroom, and I could hear one of my kids replaying it. Um, not, not good. Not good. A lot of backlash. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why, David, we don't just replay Marvin Gaye's all-star national anthem from the 80s, and perhaps, you know, we could use another national anthem or two from the NFL for their games and just quit messing around with the thing. Um, why don't we just play instrumental? Why don't we just play it? Why don't we, why does it have to be sung? And why don't the, the crowd just sing it? Sing along with the, with the, with the instrumental. I, you know, that, that would be just fine. And then you could say the national anthem is going to be 49 seconds or whatever it is, a minute and 10 seconds. And we move on. Um, you know, these, these, um, and you know, everybody wants to put their flair on it, but just sing it like it is. I don't know. I, you know what? And, no, and well, that's the, easy for me to say because I'm not a musician. When you're a mission, you're an artist and you want to put your own stamp on it. Well, I, I, I get that. And of course, then we wouldn't have all the social media chatter that goes along with it so you know we're 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 veering into our get off my lawn lane that we like to get to david well we're that age and and i am that way every time i see somebody on my lawn i'm i'm hey 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 you got a problem (laughs) get off my lawn i'm that guy (laughs) anthony davis was certainly in the national spotlight and and david i know you didn't you didn't partake in the all-star uh viewing uh, but at the same time, he was making the rounds and, and was quoted here in one of his interviews over the weekend as to say that the Pelicans would have been a finals team had DeMarcus Cousins stayed healthy. What was your reaction to that? Finals as in NBA finals? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? One, I, I like his, his confidence and I, and I like his is where his head is. Um, uh, that's huge praise for DeMarcus Cousins, and uh, certainly they were trending in the right direction, beating Houston um, in a nice stretch of games where I think they were eight of eleven or seven of ten or something like that. So um, 
yes, they were going in the right direction. Um, but finals, not I, I personally, I don't see that. Um, I, I thought certainly they would have been in the playoffs, and, and right now, um, you know, you're looking at a logjam of two, three games. You got Utah. Uh, I think in the tenth place on eleven game win streak, so they're beating down the door to get in this mix of seven teams. I think they would make seven teams all within a game or two. Um, all of the teams uh, going into the All Star break won their games in those seven games, so. You know, this thing could this thing could get real, real tight, and you know, the Pelicans have not won many tiebreakers, which is going to be a problem come into the season because it doesn't look like anybody's going anywhere. You know, you're right. Let's let's pick up there because, as you mentioned, things are so tight for basically four spots in the West Conference playoffs. David, 25 to go, and you you, you know you used the phrase uh, trending the right direction or or, or whatever it was just a moment ago. Look, the Pelicans won three straight going into the All-Star break, and now basically each and every one of these 25 games matters largely. Um, are the Pelicans in position to stay in this thing? What did you like about the way they played going into the All-Star break that absolutely has to carry over? Well, I think first what has to continue is Anthony Davis's energy. Um you know, I, I think I mentioned last week, if if not on the black and blue, on his bad night, he has to be giving the energy to go get 20, 22 shots. He can't be passive. On his good night, he's got to be up around 30, 33 shots, going with that kind of energy. Now, he doesn't have to necessarily score like that. He has to have that kind of energy. And I'm saying – when it's good, he needs more shots. When it's bad, he still has to have the energy to go get, you know, 20-plus shots. He can't, he can't be passive and shoot 10 times. This team will not, in my opinion, will not win if he is not aggressive and going to get it. Drew Holiday has to continue to attack, and this team really, really gets going when Rondo is, that next that next guy when he is getting to the rim and everybody's thinking he's going to pass and he's scoring the basketball at the rim um and of course getting people involved it's going to be a tough uphill we we just got done talking about um that stretch of games around the middle of march where they have the makeup game thrown in a pack of games where, you know, they have three and three and three days. That's a tough stretch. Uh, I think you said it was seven and 10 days. Ouch. That is a lot of games. Is that right? Seven and 10 days. Yeah, that's a seven and 10 days, six and eight. Uh, and you know, the majority of their home games, but that's all going to start right about middle of March and take you almost to the end of March if you calculate the days. Right, and that's that's going to be a that's going to be a key um stretch especially 
when the Pickens, um, you know, are just 15 and 12 at home, have really struggled, even though they, they won a couple at home now, um, and 16 and 14 on the road, which is excellent. Uh, you, you would take every year if you can be over 500 on the road. So, um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough go, and with all these teams starting to figure out some things, and you know some teams getting healthy and and playing well, the Pelicans are gonna really have to turn it up a notch. Everybody's gonna have to come, and gonna have to start Friday. I mean, you don't have time to get back into it, which is which is how some players come back after the All Star break. Some players come back rejuvenated, ready. Uh, this is a long week. How many players? And, and I assume this is the way it is now, but, you know, stayed in the gym, stayed around, and how many players went on vacation? Um, those vacation guys where they didn't get workouts and they don't come in with the right mindset um, could take away from this, this team's success. So it'll be interesting to see how they hit the ground running come Friday. Yeah, it really will. Um, you, you mentioned that getting back to work on Friday – that's Miami to start you off, Milwaukee and Phoenix here in these first three. Uh, David, any of those games uh, have an interesting storyline that you already have your eye on? Um, you know, um, Miami um, has been playing much better. Um, they, they lost a couple going into the break, but, you know, it, it's um, – you know, they're, they're a team that, that's right there. Um, Lauren Dragic is, is playing good basketball. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough game. These, these next few getting out of the gate, can they come out and extend their, their, um, extend this, this win streak? You know, it's at three right now and, you know, can, can they extend it? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, it's, um, you know, another team that's kind of right in the middle of the pack, you know, kind of where the Pelicans are. They're, they're in the sixth place spot with 25 wins and, um, you know, they're okay on the road. Not, not great, not terrible. So, um, they all, they too could, Come out and 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 beat you if you're not, if you're not focused. And then the Phoenix Suns. Um, oh, the Milwaukee game is on the road, isn't it? They're they're pretty yes, solid is. at home. Yes, and they then are. Phoenix is terrible. One of those must win. <laughs> you just you just got to win it. Right. All right. Uh, last thing before I let you go, David. The Winter Olympics continue. Um, in your athletic prime, is there a winter Olympic sport that you would have enjoyed competing in? Um, one that's, one that's always, uh, caught my eye and I, and I don't know why is the, is the skiing stuff, the downhill, um, I guess you call it a slalom. Am, sure. I, am I correct by saying that? Downhill slalom? That is one of the downhill events, yes. 
um, that's where they race and go around the flags, right? That's correct. Okay. Well, yeah, that one. Um, that's always been one that, that's always intrigued me. You know, the, the, the athletic ability to the knees, your ankles, your hips that it takes to, to navigate, turn on snow, um, and get down the hill without going off the track. Uh, that's always looked fun. And, um, one that, that you play in the bar, the, is it the loot? It's not the luge, is it? Were you what now? Were you, were you the, um, where we slide the puck across the ice? What is that called? Oh, cur- curling. Curling, yeah. Curling. Yeah. I'd like to do that. Okay. I, I find myself, like, you know, when you're going through, when you see it's on, um, those are the two things that stop me and go, hmm, all right, let's see what this is all about. Um, but curling, yeah, I could, I could get into that. It's as close to shuffleboard, which you enjoy, uh, as you'll get. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I like a little shuffleboard. Maybe that's something we need to, to go find on uh, our next road trip. Is a little shuffleboard. Okay, I'm, I'm game. I'm game. And we'll what about you? What do Olympics. you watch? What do you watch? I like the curling. I like bobsled. I like things that make you stay on the ground. These events where these guys and gals are flying through the air, not so much. Yeah, the the flying through the air stuff. You just you just think how many broken bones happen getting ready for the <laughs> You know, it's like yes. oh, especially the ones with the machines, with where they got the the snowmobile and they're flipping them and and doing tricks on them. No, thank you. No, thank you. I like watching it, but I'm not participating. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. No. No. No participation points for me. Very good. Very good. Well, my curling friend, I appreciate the visit, and uh, and the next time we go to Canada, we shall give it a go. Yeah, I like that. I like it, too. Back to work with your bad self. I'll see you on Friday at the Smoothie King Center. Yes, sir. David Wesley on the Black and Blue Report. We'll take a break, and we'll come back after these messages. What is Squad 6? Squad 6 is every six-man, woman, and child who comes up clutch every time when the game is on the line. They are our full-season ticket holders, an extension of our players, on the court, offering support from the tip-off to the final buzzer. Our full-season ticket holders are more than fans in the stands. They keep the team in flight all day and all night. They are part of the team, and we treat them right. Day in and day out, they give us their all so we give them ours, on and off the court. Squad 6 members fly first class, no questions asked. Only the most dedicated, most celebrated, never decimated fans can call themselves Squad 6 members. Can you? To get off the bench and join Squad 6, visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOOP. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're back now, as Sean discussed, with USA Football Manager Elizabeth Faust. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me a little bit about your role with USA Football? Yeah, so I work with our women's football or our women's development program. Um, so I work with this 
event specifically, the Women's World Football Games, as well as our women's national tackle teams and our women's national flag team. So that's a lot of football. It is. Football, 365 all year. So what do you? What kind of message do you think that sends to young girls and even young boys who see this as kind of as they're growing up? Because obviously, when I was younger, we didn't have these kind of programs or that I knew of. So what what kind of message do you think that sends? Yes. Uh, it's definitely empowering for young girls. I think when they see this, a lot of people don't know this world even exists. So we try to have you know some some younger girls come out to events like this and see it. And it's really a lot of them are big football fans, and for them to see women playing is really special for them and um, we're going to try to have some some girls out here for the game on Sunday so they can see it um, you know we'll have c- coaches daughters and players daughters and things when they stop by and they're just in awe so I think it's really empowering for them and and same thing with the boys they don't know this exists and for them to see it they're like wow girls can play football too right. so um, so it's a really cool event and when we get that reaction all the time when people first see it what exactly is the event that's going on at the Oshner Sports Performance Facility this week? So it's an it's an international camp. Um, so we have 16 countries represented here. Wow. Um, so the, the sport is not just an American sport. It's all across the world. Um, so we have a couple days of practice. We're going to split up into, um, into two teams, and then we're going to have a game on Sunday. So it's not going to be U.S. versus the world. It's going to be all mixed up. You're going to have an, an O-line that's got U.S., Canada, Germany, Japan all playing together so it's a really cool visual would you say this is more of like a clinic more than anything else like these so these girls can learn from these coaches and vice versa stuff like that would you say it's more of a clinic yes yeah definitely it's um we play the game and it definitely gets competitive but it's not um it's not a you know it's not like a world championship where it's country versus country and and people are getting super competitive it's more of a learning experience more of a camp or a clinic types uh type event um, where everybody's learning from each other. I mean, like you said, the coaches take away from this event just as much as the players do. And what's kind of the background of some of the coaches? I know some of them coach for the U.S. Women's National Team. Do mm-hmm. they have any other backgrounds? I know Colette Smith's here. Um, so what kind of are some of the coaches' backgrounds? Yeah. So um, so Jimmy Farrell, uh, he played briefly in the NFL. And, and he's, he's the coached. head coach. He's right. the head coach, okay. yep. And he's um, been with the program since we started, since the first year we did this. Um, so he's just a huge supporter of women's tackle football and loves it. And, um, he was our national team head coach this past summer when we went to, uh, went to Canada and won the gold medal. Um, so he's just a huge supporter of, of the women's tackle game. Um, a couple of our other coaches, we have Stephanie Velochko. Um, she was our defensive coordinator on, on our national team. She's done some internships with the Steelers. She's coached and played in the women's tackle leagues in the country. So, um, so I mean, that's really, really important for us, too, is to bring up the women's, like, the female coaches and get them involved in the sport. Um, so she's she's a huge asset to us. Uh, Fabian Bowens, he was in the league a couple of years. Um, he's been with us since the beginning, too. So uh, we have coaches from all over, um, mostly high school coaches, a couple of college guys. Um, so they all have, have – really strong backgrounds in coaching and a lot of them have done this multiple years and every year they ask to come back because they love it so much. I saw um, they had practice earlier today at the facility. I saw one of the guys trying to translate. So how big of like a language mm-hmm. barrier is there with the players? Do, do all of them know a little bit of English? None of like what's kind of the 
Yeah, most of them, most of them know a little bit of English. Um, Coach Farrell always likes to say, you know, football is the language we speak here and everybody speaks football. So, um, so that always makes it easier. I mean, we, we do meetings and things before and after practices so the coaches can get on the whiteboard and really draw things out, which I think really helps with some of the, the language barriers. Um, so the game on Sunday, can, can people come to the game? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be open on Sunday games, um, Sunday morning at 1030, um, at the, the Saints practice facility here. Cool. Well, I'm excited. Can't wait to see practice over the next few days and see the game on Sunday. Thanks Elizabeth for joining us again. That's Elizabeth Faust from USA football. Sean, we'll go back to you. All right. So looking forward to the, uh, the activity around our facility here in the coming days. Once again, the world, uh, the women's world football games uh, continues through Sunday, uh, the 25th. So thanks to Caroline and Elizabeth Faust, the manager of USA Football, for joining us on the Black and Blue Report this Wednesday. Uh, there is a YouTube uh, link uh, to a feature about women's world football games. Uh, it comes our way from NFL Films. So just put those keywords in and you'll find it uh, if you want to check out more. So. Again, thanks to them, and thanks to David Wesley, too, for joining us on this Wesley Wednesday. We're very excited about the Pelicans' resumption of their schedule on Friday night. We'll tee it up with Alvin Gentry tomorrow night on 99.5 WRNO-FM at 6.30 with an Alvin Gentry show. So much to talk about with Coach. That'll be a fast 30 minutes of Pelicans basketball. And then with a black and blue report on Friday and a game on Friday, uh, we are full go for the uh, stretch run here for the Pelicans. Gosh, I can't believe that. You know, it's funny, over the All-Star break, everybody was saying, oh, well, let's talk about the first half of the NBA season. First half? <laughs> How about the first two-thirds thereabouts? I mean, we're well past the halfway point, and these are going to be uh, nail-biters the rest of the way. So, Pelicans and Heat on Friday night at the Smoothie King Center, 7 o'clock. We'll see you, of course, for the Alvin Gentry Show tomorrow night, and then right back here on the Black and Blue Report Friday. We'll be uh, previewing the ball game uh, and talking some football as well as we had mentioned earlier the Saints are gearing up for the combine and free agency here uh, in the coming days and weeks so with that we say goodbye on this Wednesday I'm Sean Kelly we'll talk to you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans the Black and Blue Report